In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success and who to find it? That's the big question. Is it measurable? Can you obtain it? Can you dream it? Can you hold it? I'm on a quest to redefine how we view success, and I'd like to bring you on this journey. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. This is episode number five of the Be Fulfilled Show, and my name is Tony Grebmeyer, and today's guest, not only is he an author, a speaker, and a business coach, I mean, you listen to this guy, Chuck Norris even talks about him, Tony Shea mentions him, he's been mentored by Larry H. Miller, he's the former owner of the Utah Jazz, he's appeared literally in Time Magazine, USA Today, Fast Company, and the BBC News, his courses on LinkedIn Learning have received millions of views. Along with being an author of The Myth of Multitasking in his new book, The Power of Having Fun, our guest is literally just going to allow us to peel back the layers and we're going to take that trip up Success Mountain. Please welcome to the show our guest today, Dave Crenshaw. Hey there, it's Tony Grebmeyer and today's guest is joining us from what I would want to call one of the most interesting backdrops I've ever seen before. I'm just totally excited to jump into this interview today because I've got Dave Crenshaw here. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Tony. Thanks for having me on. Theater of the mind for the audience. They're like, what is the backdrop that he's talking about? Well, a couple things. You have a new book. You're an author, multiple books, but you got a brand new book. And I'm going to start there and then I'm going to bring everybody back around. What is the title of your new book? The title of my new book is The Power of Having Fun. It's actually right here behind me. The Power of Having Fun, How Meaningful Breaks Help You Get More Done. All right. And then on the other side, there's another book that you've written many years ago. Let's talk about that really quick. And we're going to go in between there because I think that's the gap I'm going to fill in today. Well, and the two are related to each other. So the myth of multitasking, how doing it all gets nothing done. Yes. All right. So this is the show called Be Fulfilled, the real stories behind success. So my question to you as we get ready to start off the show, what does success mean to you? To me, it means having the kind of life that you want to have. And I mean that in the most intentional way possible. Sometimes we chase someone else's version of success. But to me, it's about understanding what is most meaningful to you and getting it. Anything short of that is not quite success, but having that is exactly what you want to achieve. No, I love that. What was your upbringing like? What was like your childhood into like young teen life look like for somebody? My parents were divorced at a very young age. Well, not their young age, but my young age. I was five. I was the caboose in the family. And so here's an interesting thing if you're interested in the whole birth order thing. So I started out as the youngest, 10 years younger. Then my mom remarried and I became the oldest Mm. instantly at home. And then later on, she got a divorce. And so I was the only at home. Mm -hmm. So I have been both the youngest, the oldest, and the only throughout my upbringing. How did that play into kind of who you are today? Did that weigh on you at all? Yeah, well, it was certainly difficult. And there were, there were a lot of other things that added to the challenge. I would not say that I had a happy upbringing. I underwent a lot of verbal and emotional abuse growing up. But what it did, both of those things, you know, helped shape me into somebody who, first of all, was very sensitive to the needs of others. I really care about and want other people to be happy and perhaps in a way that I was not growing up. And also, I think it helps me better relate to a variety of different people. I like that. I mean, I, you know, I, I grew up at a, my parents divorced when I was three months old. 
my mom had married twice, you know, when I was still living at home and it didn't work out quite as well as I wanted it to. And so I was, I was always left trying to fill in a void. And I didn't know what that was. Like for me, my dad left at a pretty early age. So I was always looking for that male kind of leadership, that mentorship, that somebody to follow, somebody to help me. And so I was always running around my neighborhood, you know, playing at my friend's houses and trying to really build a relationship with their dad to try to understand what I was missing. How was that kind of growing up for you in the void of maybe you had a great relationship with your dad, but there's still not that father at home? Yeah, that certainly was a challenge. I did have a stepfather for many years, and I would say he was a good stepfather as much as a stepfather can be. So I felt like I had a good male role model and my dad as well. The bigger challenge was the fact that I just didn't have as much time with my dad as I would have liked. But also, and here's kind of where it relates to more of our conversation and perhaps your audience. I also grew up with him being a serial killer entrepreneur and other family members as well. So I saw repeated patterns growing up of people who did not achieve success and would chase it in all the wrong ways and not necessarily the wrong reasons, but they just went about it wrong. And so that also developed in me a great passion for trying to figure out what is the key to success? How can I break this cycle that I'm seeing so many family members going through? And that led me to where I started working, which is coaching entrepreneurs at a young age, 23. So I'm almost 43 right now. So 20 years ago is when I began. Yeah. And I was reading a little bit about you began your coaching career in 1998. Like, yeah, I'm thinking, wow, like that's a long time ago. I mean, you're a young guy. I'm like, how did you get started? And even in the coaching their arena? Well, the first thing is that I was young enough that I was crazy enough and perhaps arrogant enough to think that I could help (laughs) business owners. Part of it is that I began early on getting certified by a company to do small business coaching. But again, you know, kind of going back to that arrogant theme, after working with them for a couple of years, I just thought, you know what, I can do this so much better than the way that they're doing it. And so I created my own program. And that's what really led to the prototype of the stuff that I do now and even the prototype of my first book, The Myth of Multitasking. Yeah, you know, looking at you online, it's genius. Pure, incredible marketing around you. Just the positioning that, that I see of you. You get all the notoriety. I mean, Forbes, Time, Sirius. You know, you got all those great things. What are you most proud of? Well, are we talking in a professional sense or in a personal sense? I like, I like in life sense because that's okay. really what I deal with. Well, in life sense, I'm most proud of the fact that I actually followed through and married the woman that I married. And I say that because that was extremely difficult for me. Again, because the issues that I had as a child, commitment was a major, major challenge. It took three engagements for it to finally stick, two of them to the woman that I'm married now. So that I count as the greatest moment of my life, the greatest decision of my life. And her influence on my life has been tremendous. And then the cousin to that is the fact that I am there for my children, that I, you know, you asked about what is your definition of success? For me, part of that definition is being there for my family. I stop work at five o'clock every day. I do not check email. I do not check voicemail. I don't do any of those things after in the evening or on the weekends. And even as a speaker, I limit how much I travel to no more than eight days per month. So, being there for my children and being the best dad that I can be. No one's perfect. I make mistakes like all parents do, but I can honestly say that I make a sincere effort to be there for my children and to help them. 
I mean, I, I don't think I'm just going to throw some words out there. Maybe you can chew on them for a bit, but I don't think you'd be the person you are today without having gone through what you did to get you to where you're at. Like your message really comes from some of your mess, some of the things that you learned growing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. But there's something you just said, like time stopping, you know, I'm going to put a halt to it. I'm going to be home. I'm not going to travel more than eight days out of the month. I'm going to limit what I do when I'm done at five and putting the phone down, emails done. I'm going to go spend time with my family. Mm -hmm. How much freedom has that provided you? Just like in sense of just like, you know what? Like there probably is going to be an email, but I'm not going to worry about it tonight. I'm going to worry about my family. Tell me what that freedom feels like for you. Oh, it feels fantastic. It feels great to know that it's not even a question at this point. It's not like I have to regularly make that decision. Am I going to do this? And that's part of what I teach. You know, I have a course online called Time Management Fundamentals. And I talk in that about how time management is not about discipline. It is about conditioning. I believe that conditioning is more powerful than discipline. Discipline means you have to make a choice over and over, right? But I'm not to the point where that is just the way that it is. That is the choice. It's already been made a long time ago. And I think all of us have that ability to make those choices in our day. But for whatever reason, we've told ourselves that we don't have a choice, that I have to do this work. I have to stay late. I have to work these hours. But no, you do not. You have a choice. You still have a choice, regardless of what's going on in your business. And you also don't have to choose even with the choice. You can choose not to do anything and actually just be, which is something most of us think, what? I can just do nothing and be okay with it? Yep. Five o'clock, your choice is to disconnect and to actually reconnect with your family. That, that's awesome. Do you guys have, um, I think all of this is pertinent to kind of really deep dive into you and your meaning behind success. And I want to really honor your commitment today to be on the show and, and let you end so you can go spend time with your family. The power of having fun. What does fun look like with you and your family when it's five o'clock? What does that look like? Paint me that little picture. Yeah. So there's a word that I use in the power of having fun and I call it the oasis. And it represents something that doesn't even really exist in the English language. And the idea behind an oasis is you have a moment in that desert of life, in that desert of your day that you can count on that you know is going to refresh you and replenish you. So there are two types of oasis. I, I talk about three in the book, but I'll talk about two right now. So one is the personal oasis. So one is that I know at 4.30 every day, I stop work and I get to play video games for 30 minutes. Now, I know that sounds like a strange thing for a 42-year-old man to admit. And what I encourage people to do is find whatever it is that's fun for them. For me, that helps clear my mind and get me in a place where I can be with my family. So there's that oasis. And then there is the family oasis that takes place on a daily and on a weekly basis. So for instance, every day, one of the things that my family can count on is that I'm going to be there for them at five o'clock. And we're going to spend time together. And sometimes it's going to be fun. And sometimes it's going to be doing work around the house, but they can count on it because my family also needs an oasis. And that's one thing that I think many entrepreneurs, many business owners forget. They think about the sacrifice that they've made to create a business and the long hours that they have to work. But the moment you make that decision, anyone who's attached to you, anyone who has that relationship with you, they are also making the sacrifice. You are pulling them along. And so they also need to have that moment that they can count on. And, you know, also like my wife and I, we know that every week we have a date without fail. And it's such a simple thing, yet less than 20% of couples 
go out on a date once per week. And yet when couples go on a date, they report three times more satisfaction in their marriage, in communication, even in the bedroom. All of these things are benefited just simply by the act of having time together once per week. You know, I loved in your book, when you talked about Oasis, you talked about if it's that island that you think that you're talking about, you should stop right now because you're missing the point of what the Oasis is, right? I love that. And I love that you made it intentional that you set time for you and your wife. Mm -hmm. I think so many times, and we're going to jump into a really cool segment here. I think so many times in our relationships, you're the ones like, I got to do this. I got to get this done. But if we've never really stopped and called an audible and said to our spouse or significant other or partner and said, so uh, I'd love to just share what I'm up to. I'd love to just get some of your insight. I'd love for you to tell me a little bit more about maybe what I could do better to help support you. I could take some time to just really be in your shoes for a little bit and walk your life and understand your frustrations and pain. Because you know what? My wife and I've been married 19 years and I've said many times to her, thank you for allowing me to be on this journey and so thankful that you're on this journey with me. Because being an entrepreneur is not fun. There's a lot of lonely, dark, you know, listening to your language patterns and understanding there, there's a lot of days where I have to, I got to get this done. If I don't do it, no one will. And if I don't do it, like oh my gosh, we're going to go bankrupt. We're going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I wanted to just honor you in the way that you worded it because I think it's so important to spend that quality time with your partner, getting to have those real conversations. Yeah, yeah. And we use, you know, you mentioned language. There's language that I hear a lot of people use, a lot of executives when I first start coaching them. And it's things like, when I have time, then I will take a break. After this is complete, perhaps I'll get to it. This is all part of what I call in the book, the culture of wish. And the culture of wish is worth it someday, hopefully. Someday this will all pay off. But right now I've got to put my head down and do the work. But the problem is when you do that, you are depriving yourself and others of the very thing that you need to have success. Having moments of joy, having moments of fun with family members, even having moments of just sitting on the couch and watching Netflix, these things give you the little pick-me-up that you need to stay motivated to work harder in the long run. So depriving yourself of this actually gets you the opposite result. No, and I love it. I mean, Netflix and chill, go out on the, you know, a date once a week with your wife, you know, make sure you play a little bit before you go. And so you can disconnect a little bit because it's hard to go from one thing to the next because, you, you know, you've got a lot of energy. I love what I'm getting out of you because I can imagine at 4.30 when it's like, okay, I got to play some video games. I got to just give me a little bit of chance to unwind before I go into that because that's a whole different mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that you were talking about, something you're big on, there's a great video online if you're looking for it, you know, how to get basically 40 hours per month in time back in your life. Can you walk me through a little bit? Because the first thing I said, okay, if I had 40 extra hours a month, okay, I could go on a really cool vacation once, once a month, every single month. But I know that's not necessarily what you mean, but there's a way for us to do that. How do you help people to find more time? I mean, that's your genius. That's something that you're good at. Sure. So a lot of that has to do with the myth of multitasking. And it really revolves all around one number. And the number is 28%. This number does not come from me. It comes from Basex Research out of New York. And what they found is that the average knowledge worker loses 28% of their day due to interruptions and the recovery time associated with those interruptions. So all we need to do, if we, and that seems 
a little nebulous. They said it cost the U.S. economy $1 trillion. All you have to do is think about it this way. That's one work week every single month. That's one work week that you're getting nothing. If you're paying employees, that's one work week that you're getting nothing out of them. And it's not that they're trying to waste time. It's just happening in the scenes. So what I do in my time management training is I teach people how to reduce the number of switches that take place in their day. Everything from people asking you quick questions to the phone ringing to just you interrupting yourself with your own crazy ideas that are popping in your head. If we can reduce those interruptions, we can reclaim roughly 40 hours per month. I can't get you the full 28, but I can usually get people around 20 to 25% of their time back. It's fascinating because it's simple, right? But we need help. How do people find your course? How do people find your stuff? I mean, they can go to DaveCrenshaw.com, but how do people really get connected to your work? Well, if you go to DaveCrenshaw.com forward slash learn, that will take you right to my LinkedIn learning courses. So I have a contract with LinkedIn and they've been fantastic to work with. I've been working with them for five years. I've got about 20 courses online with them now the most popular of which is time management fundamentals. So if you go to davecrenshaw.com forward slash learn, if you're not already a member, you can get a 30-day trial to it. It doesn't cost you anything. It gives you enough time to go through the course. But you go through time management fundamentals. It will take you a day. I don't want to sugarcoat it. I don't want you to think, oh, I can stretch this out over a month and do an hour here and there. No, I ask people to set aside one day in their schedule in advance And they just focus on it. Like they're going to a seminar, right? I know you're at a great seminar. People do that all the time. But the seminar is in your office because the best place to learn how to get control of your time management isn't at some hotel. The best place to get in control of your time management is right where you do your work every day. So that's the course that people go through. And so many people have come back to me and said, man, it, it changed my life. And of course, based on what I've told you before, the most gratifying testimonials I get are when people say, dude, you saved my marriage. I now see my children in ways that I hadn't seen them before. So I love that we're able to accomplish some of that as well as help people be more productive at work. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I appreciate it. And we'll make sure that's in the show notes for you. As you're listening, you know, the one thing I jumped out was the multitasking. I've tried so many times, right? I'm mm-hmm. trying. Why do you think people still think that they can multitask so successfully? Let's go back to that word, Conditioning. We are conditioned to behave in a way that we multitask. So what I do in the book is I talk about the difference. I say that multitasking doesn't really exist. There are only two things. There is switch tasking where you're switching rapidly back and forth. So if I was like trying to have a conversation and look through my phone like this at the same time, I'm switching rapidly back and forth. So switch tasking is always inefficient, always ineffective and increases your stress levels. Then there's background tasking. Background tasking is where something mindless or mundane occurs in the background. So let's say before this interview, Tony, I had to print out 50 things on my printer. So I start the printer going, the printer's working, but I can focus on you. Background tasking can be efficient and effective. But the problem is what most people are doing is switch tasking. We're constantly switch tasking. We're jumping back and forth between a conversation with somebody to looking at our email to, you know, thinking about something else, even while we're watching Netflix, right? All these different things are just constantly bombarding us. And so part of what I do is I recondition people to slow that down and instead say, if you're going to get on your email, focus on your email. If you're going to have a conversation with Tony, have a conversation with Tony and really 
do one thing at a time. And when you do that, it feels like you're going slower, but you're going lightning fast compared to people who are multitasking. So you mean that I can't start an email, then take out a piece of paper and do writing and then come back an hour later and realize I haven't written my email yet? Yeah. We do it all the time. And that's what people experience every single day because they think that they can multitask or even if they've heard intellectually. I mean, the book came out almost 10 years ago. And so the research has been there for quite a while. And many of us have heard we shouldn't multitask, but it hasn't changed behavior. And that's because we're still conditioned to multitask, regardless of the intellectual understanding. I think, you know, the takeaway that I've got today between the gaps, between the the childhood, going through all of this is the conditioning. I love that. The awareness, the awareness for you in your life, in your journey to say, you know what, I want to do work that leaves a legacy for my kids, for generations to come to understand that I'm just, I think you went out and you've done a lot of amazing stuff. But I think the key for me is instead of just thinking about it, you're doing something about it. You're actually setting up and designing your life so you can have the power of fun going on 24-7. So you can set a schedule that gives you the most ability to be connected to your family. So you have the routines not to travel so that you're very precise. You have designed your life for success. That's what it sounds like to me during our interview process today is that your life is set up for success. Yeah, and I appreciate that compliment. I want to say something though because it's really important. You're talking to someone who about... 13 years ago, was diagnosed, and this is word for word from the clinical psychologist, as freaking off the charts ADHD, okay? And that's, that's important for me to emphasize because a lot of times we hear these time management experts and ones that I respect and admire, you know, the Brian Tracy's of the world, the David Allen's of the world, right? And we go, man, that's just so amazing. Well, these people are inherently organized, I am inherently disorganized. I am a chaos master. You used to have to use a shovel to get from the the door of my office to my desk. 15 years ago, what you see behind me, it would be absurd. We'd have piles coming up all over the place. And the reason why I want to emphasize that is because the approach that I took was I needed to first help the most crazy, busy, disorganized person in the world, which was me. And if I can do it, you can do it using the same system, regardless of the situation that you're in. You know, the more I've listened to you, the more I am reminded of me in so many unique ways. I'm a hoarder and I'm not a hoarder of clothes and junk in my closet and in my living room of just emotional hoarding where I don't even realize that I'm just organized in so many areas. And at this conference today, we were really talking about simplicity. What does simplicity mean to you? What does it mean to me? Mm -hmm. It means having no more physically than I need to have and having no more to do than I am capable of doing. I love it. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back for the fulfillment round. I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions and we're going to bridge the gap even more about the power of having fun And multitasking, because I still believe there's something to learn for all of us today, because I still believe every person listening says, I can multitask just fine. I can go down the road with my cell phone in hand, and I can still drive my car to work, and I'll be just fine. We'll be back right back on the Be Fulfilled Show. Are you suffering from marketing dysfunction? Are you not able to perform online as well as you could when you were younger? 
Unable to keep up with the intimate demands of buying product, running offers, and shipping items to your customers? Say hello to ShipOffers, clinically proven to enhance the growth and longevity of your business. Get some today at ShipOffers.com. All right, we are back. Dave Crenshaw is here. His new book, The Power of Having Fun, How Meaningful Breaks Help You to Get More Done and Feel Fantastic. Satisfied, rested, feel alive, feel in your zone, feel a person who's on point. And as we get ready near the end of the show, this is called the fulfillment round. This is where I just rapid fire some questions. You give me your best answer. There's no right or wrongs. There's just fun. Ready for that? Okay. All right. Hollywood called. They said, you know what, Dave, we know you're super busy. You can't travel more than eight days a month. We're about to make a movie. Your autobiography is coming true. Everybody said it would be fantastic if we could fill you in because we know you can't be here all that time away from your family. Who would be the actor that would best play you? <laughs> well, I have been told on occasion that I remind people of Mike Myers when I, you know, especially when I, you know, <laughs> OB I like, the gong show. So I think he'd be the right one. All right. I love it. Your leading lady in the movie, who would play your wife? Um, I'm partial to Jennifer Lawrence these days. So Jennifer Lawrence. All right, cool. If you could go anywhere in the world with your family or without your family, where would you go and why? You know, I've been to Japan once. It was fantastic. I would really like to go there again. It's a place where there truly is a unique culture to experience. Would you take your family with you? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I want my, I want my kids to experience different cultures. No, I love it. What does your morning routine look like? <laughs> it's surprisingly uneventful and simple. I mean, it, it really is. I wake up, I eat, I shower, I work. And I know that sometimes surprises people because they think, oh, you know, you got to do all these different rituals. But for me, it's about just going to it as quickly as I can because I want to wake myself up and get at it. Do you meditate? Do you... uh I call it like helping people to get into their Zen zone, meditate. Do you find yourself reading a lot? What, what, what really quiets your mind then? What helps you to quiet your mind? <laughs> well, honestly, what helps me quiet my mind is uh, playing video games, <laughs> believe it or not. But that's not really what you're asking because my mind is constantly just popping and going. Okay. It's so always I firing. Yeah. Really anesthetize my mind to turn it off. What has worked best for me is a weekly strategy session. And I just set an hour for nothing. And I just sit in my chair and I ask myself a question. How do I improve my marketing? Or, you know, what, what do I need to work on? And then just let it sit. And I find that those strategy hours are incredibly effective. We talked early on, you've been in coaching for a long period of time, something like 23 years. What is something or someone that you reach out to, to help you to have those breakthroughs when you feel stuck in your life? Who is a coach or a mentor or somebody you work with to help you? I'm going to give a couple of answers. One is I'm a big fan, especially with somebody who has mental health issues of the tandem of a psychiatrist and a psychologist. And the reason why I say the tandem is because one is on the medical side and the other one is on the psychological or reconditioning side. So I find a lot of help there, especially from the psychologist. I do also have a business coach. I believe in coaching. And so I have a guy that I've worked with for many years. His name's Dave Winford and he's fantastic. He's a former Navy SEAL. I also count him as a very good friend. So I I lean on him as well. I love it. All right. When you're not playing video games, not hanging with your kids, not sitting your one hour strategy session, you're not spending time with your coach. It's just you. 
I'm not taking you away from your video games for very long. I'll let you get back to play in a minute. <laughs> what is something you like to do outside, away from everybody, that really helps you to be you? I like golfing, and by that I mean hitting golf balls. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm absolutely horrible at it. I also dabble a little bit in archery. Oh, wow. Um, and I like that as well. And that's also another very calming, focusing thing because you have to get in touch with your body. You have to breathe properly and get intuitive about it because there's no real target. So, yeah. Well, I love it. All right. That's the fulfillment round. Nothing harmful there. But I do want to say thank you. And I say it, but I don't want you to take it as the undertone of like it's generic. I want you to take it as the understanding of connection. Yeah. I felt connected to you today. I felt very on a plane where people come onto shows and they just, they rapid fire their answers. And, you know, I leave and I'm like, that was great. But I'm leaving today with something unique from you. I know some of your backstory. Of, I've got a chance to chat with you a little bit before that I went through this interview process. Your family is really, really important to you. And to hear you kind of have the upbringing that you did and then to really put the emphasis on your family, that's for me fun. That for me is exciting. That gives me hope that, you know, all those people who are raised a specific way, they didn't have a life created the way that they wanted it. You know, you have a financial and an opportunity and a personal responsibility to create the life you want. You said that from the very beginning. You know, I don't want to live out somebody else's dreams. I want to live out my dreams. I want to leave a legacy for my family. I want to do something today that is an impact on the world. I feel like the work you're doing today is making an impact on the world. So I just oh, wanted to tell you that. That's very nice of you. And I, I do feel how genuine you are when you're saying that. And I feel like- Yeah, no, I, I do. Yeah. And I want people to get connected with you. So we talked about davecrenshaw.com slash learn. What are some materials you could leave us with? I know you have a new book. I want everybody who's listening today, you go find the book. You can go to the website, click a link, but go buy the book. It's good. I'm in the midst of it right now. It's fascinating. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the word fun is something that we forget to have in life. And if there's nothing more about the book than how to have fun again, I think you're going to find a lot of ways to do that in your life. Let go of some of the myths, the tasks that you think you have to do and start getting to do the things that you want to do and get back to having fun. And that's what this book's teaching me. It's emphasizing that over and over again about play and play is so important. So how would yeah. people get connected with you afterwards? Well, DaveCrenshaw.com, certainly. And if you want a quick link to the book, davecrenshaw.com forward slash fun will take you right to the Amazon page where you can get it. All right. And make sure if you buy the book, which you will, you read it, you leave a great review for him. Oh, yeah. That's what we need more of is people who actually, you know, don't just do the beginning task, which is buy the book. We need the people actually buy the book, then actually open it and read it and then take the extra step, which is a thank you step to the author and leave a review. Because Dave's made a big impact on me today. I hope he has you. And as always, Dave, thank you for being a guest on Be Fulfilled. Thank has you, Has your Tony. definition of success changed or is it still the same? It's still the same. It's to have the kind of life that you want to have. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, make today the best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at drainersanddrivers.com and download my free mini course designed to give you more clarity and freedom in your day. It might just change your life forever. Forever.